This week on The Swear Wolves, we're discussing two films by writer-director Peter Strickland, Barbarian Sound Studio, and In Fabric. Werewolves Horror Podcast, the podcast that discusses all things horror. I'm Brett. I'm David. I'm Alan. Welcome back, gentlemen. Yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> it's an honor to be here. Well, welcome back. <laughs> How are you guys doing? I'm doing good. Yeah, yeah I can't complain. Yeah. yeah, I feel good. It's the weekend. Yeah, it is the weekend. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Um, Anything I can do to make it better? Uh, no. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm just going to leave the room now. <laughs> uh, we're going to be discussing a couple of films today, uh, as we normally do, that uh, Alan actually picked. And now, Alan, you picked these films, and I believe in the text message you wrote the names of the film, and I wrote, huh? <laughs> <laughs> David said that he had never heard of the films or the director, and he was like, uh, I don't care. I'll watch them. <laughs> well, I think Alan was like, oh, it's a couple of Peter Strickland films. He's like, yeah, I don't know who that is either. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, how had you heard of these films, Alan? Uh, well, I do a lot of uh, browsing of movies, like on some of the distribution websites, like just to see what's out there. I look at imports, like, you know, just to see what's current and then maybe something I missed from a long time ago, you know, then and now. Uh, so, and these are more current films. Um, you know, I was, I was kind of, uh, I took some interest in the title, uh, Barbarian Sound Studio. I was like, what's this about? And I was reading and I was like, oh, wow, cool. Like it kind of pays an homage to, uh, the Jalo films of, of the seventies. And it's this guy, he's like a sound engineer. And, you know, I was reading the descriptions. I read some of the reviews, um, and I was like, ah, oh, I'll check it out. And then uh, In Fabric was the same director. You know, sometimes when you look at a movie and it has a link to some other movies, I was like, Go oh, down the rabbit hole. Yeah, you yeah. know. So I was like, oh, what the hell? Something more current. You know, I'll check it out. And if I'm not mistaken, A24 distributed the movie In Fabric. Yep. Right. In, in the U.S. So, yeah. And we've, we've reviewed a couple of those films. Yeah, when I saw the logo, I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So first, let's talk about uh, Barbarian Sound Studio. This movie came out in 2012, uh, written and directed by Peter Strickland, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, it stars Toby Jones as Gilderoy, uh, who's kind of the main character. He looked familiar when I first saw him. Yeah, he is does. He in, is he in Harry Potter? He's or? in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, he's in yeah the Chamber of Secrets. Okay. Uh, 
Um, British actor, yeah. Yeah, he was in W, the George W. biopic. Uh, he was in Captain America. He's been in like a bunch of different stuff, like a lot of like Hollywood, like. Yeah, he had a very familiar face. He's like, oh, yeah. I know this guy from stuff. I don't think he played any like major characters in a lot of these movies, but um, he was the lead in this one. Yeah, and then the rest of these actors are primarily, if not all, Italian. Yeah. So I'm gonna, yeah, there's, I'm gonna there's a butcher oh, their names. Yeah. <laughs> Go for it. But uh, we got Tanya uh, Satiro Paolo as Elena, Susanna. Yeah, she's Capolero as Ton- Ver- Tonia is a Greek actress. Okay, as Veronica. Cosimo Fusco as Francesco and Antonio Mancino as Santini. Do I saw Cosimo Fusco? I was like, I wonder if he's related to Paul Fusco. Isn't that the guy who does the voice of Elf? I don't fucking know. <laughs> so I think he's a huge Elf. I think Elf is a Fusco. <laughs> well, anyway, yeah. Oh, uh, well, and there's there's Fatma Mohammed who plays Sylvia. And she's a regular in, in Peter Strickland. Yeah, films. I recognize her in the next. She's movie. a Romanian actress. Okay, um, this movie, a real like independent, like low distribution, because the box office that I saw was only thirty one thousand hmm. for this. So this, Most, mostly at like film festivals. Yeah, it was a film yeah. festival thing, probably just a couple of nights uh, here and there uh, in Europe. But um, okay, so let's talk about the the plot of this movie. I mean, the plot is pretty simple when you just say it yeah. out loud. Yeah. Um, Gilderoy, Toby Jones's character, is this like expert sound engineer who gets hired for this. It, it takes place in like the seventies, like at at the height of the Jalo yeah. film craze in Italy. Yeah. And he gets hired by this producer and director. Uh, the director is Santini, who's directed this uh, Jalo type horror film that was cool Although, was like yeah he doesn't know what kind of movie it is going into it and he's known at this point primarily for doing children's uh programming yeah, yeah. He, he thought he's narrating like a documentary about horses yeah the movie was called like right. the equestrian vortex yeah vortex yeah and he thought it was about horses now he says it's a horror film uh, gilderoy does but santini is like it's not a horror film it's a santini, it's a santini film, film. film which a lot of directors are <laughs> so like pretentious <laughs> yeah, when he said that i was like you pretentious douchebag dude the equestrian vortex so that is a cool name like as i saw it i was like i'm working on a new album right now i was like i gotta sneak a song in there and call it the equestrian vortex because that's just cool yeah what about like you caught it during the intro yeah the opening credits the credits yeah so that's kind of weird too is like um we get like this basically like a cold open to the movie yeah uh, where gilderoy shows up at this sound the barbarian sound studio yeah and he shows up there and he's like checking in with the receptionist who's a cold-hearted bitch to him. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, she's awful. Yeah. She's never nice. Yeah. No. And then he goes and meets with the producer and they start watching little clips of the movie. And then it cuts to like this credit montage, which is clearly not the film we're watching. Yeah, it's like a movie within the, and I'm like, the movie within the movie. I thought it was rad though. Dude, it was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. I was like, what the fuck? And it, I go, okay, this is this is what he's watching. Um because it was like right when he was watching what was on the screen. So right. if you've ever seen like a sound studio, you know that they have a big screen up and where they do like Foley art, yep. uh, Foley effects, effects. Yep. Yeah. they're watching or they do dubbing. Now, the other thing about Jalo films and, and I'll, actually it, it takes place in another film we're going to talk about in the future, but they overdubbed like 
all of the actors' voices. Right, right. And sometimes they even overdub them with the actual actors because either A, the camera equipment that they're using didn't pick up the sound. Or the camera was too noisy. Or the camera's too yeah. noisy. So they just overdub them. Yeah. And that's what they're doing with this particular movie is they're overdubbing all the actors' On screen dialogue yeah. with the actors in the sound studio. And they essentially bring him as like the sound mixing supervisor. Yeah. And so he's going through everything and he's got to do. And there's a lot. Like, I really feel like I learned <laughs> a lot about yeah. Yeah. all that is into the it, sound mixing. Right. Dude, it it is, was, yeah, go ahead. I would say this is going to sound weird, but maybe it won't sound weird because you guys know me. But when I was a little kid, I mm -hmm. wanted to be a Foley artist. So yeah. did I. Right. Really? I thought that would be the coolest <laughs> yeah. thing. Like, I remember going to Universal Studios. Yes, and, and they had the Foley thing as part yes, of the tour. I thought trend. that was the awesomest thing. Dude, you want to know something weird? When, when I was a kid, we took that tour um, for the Foley part. Do you know who the host was? Uh -uh. And he was, like, actually there. It was the guy who played uh, Skippy on Family Ties. Oh, Mark. Um, I can't remember his name. Shit, But yeah. he was actually there, and he was, yeah. <laughs> He's like, hey, I'm Skippy. I'm Skippy. <laughs> it's summer break. <laughs> I got nothing to do. Yeah. So um, I did find that fascinating in this movie. Yeah. Um, it, it was it was very true to the source material. Yeah. And I would imagine not much has changed except for the fact that a lot of it's done with computers oh, yeah. now. Like as I'm far sure as the there's a lot more computer Dude, monitors. I want to go on a tour again. Yeah. yeah. I don't do you remember? They do that like, anymore? I don't think they do. But they had like they would show the movie up on the screen and then they would take people out of yes. the audience yeah. and they'd have you like step in a sandbox and well, and, would, then, and then they would play it back like with the the with effects the audio. Yeah. Awesome. And, and so they did that portion in in the Universal tour and then they also had the the um uh, Vertigo from the movie Vertigo they had like someone like strapped to a chair and oh, they had like yeah. a green screen yeah. behind <laughs> and, and then you they had to react and then they did this whole thing with Doc Brown on the on the top of the uh, clock tower like plugging everything <laughs> in and he would get electrocuted and dun, they had someone dun, yeah dun. that was a cool part of that Universal yeah. Studios dude that yeah that was fun when I moved out to LA one of the first things I did was go to Universal Studios because I'd never been there and I I bought a season pass and I would just go down there and just like go on the tram tour and <laughs> go on the Jurassic Park awesome. ride, <laughs> do the back to the future ride back when they had those, those rides there, yeah. like, and the, and the season pass was like $55. They probably just don't work anymore now. <laughs> well, they don't even <laughs> they, have the back to the future. It's gone. Back yeah. to the future. It's gone. Jurassic <laughs> Park just got redid and apparently it's pretty awesome. Um, we were going to go there last year at Halloween Horror Nights. Um, but we didn't know if it was open, and it was open. Yeah, like all those rides were open. Some of those rides just must not be worth maintaining. I guess that's why they get rid of them or something. I guess they just fall out of popularity. Or they try to freshen it up to get more people to come to the park. Yeah, so they changed the Back to the Future. I think now it's the Simpsons, it's right? the Simpsons ride. They had the ET ride, which was fucking awesome. I remember because he would say your He'd name. Say your at name the at the end. end. He'd be like, "Goodbye, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, <Was> David." <laughs> Dude, that'd be awesome if, like, the person who did the, the voiceovers is, like, out sick or something yeah. like that. They're like, goodbye, Alan. Yeah. We just got Roy. Brit. We just got Roy. Brit. From the back office. The blue blocker rapper guy. Uh. Brit. Make all the girls wet. Uh. With his blue blockers. Uh. Um, yeah. I do, um, but <laughs> that's neither here nor there. But I, that ET ride, but I did you ride that ET ride? Yeah. Oh, I can still remember the smell. Bike. I can still remember the smell of the forest. Mm -hmm. It's like this damp, like. <laughs> Is it like Pirates of the Caribbean? Smell? Kind of. Yeah. Not as good as Pirates. Oh, Pirates has got a smell. great smell. Hmm. 
love that smell. And Pirates has got two smells. The first smell is when you're behind, when you're just before you drop down, mm-hmm. you can smell like the bread from the restaurant. Oh yeah. Yeah. From the blue Bayou, from the blue Bayou restaurant. And then when you drop down, then it's all that chlorine and bullshit. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, mixed with magic. <laughs> Secret yep. ingredient is magic and human blood. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <And> children's tears. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> so, yeah, so he uh, goes there and he's going to help them uh, basically supervise the uh, sound mixing for this. Now, here's one thing that I'll say about this movie is that we also never, besides that opening credit like montage, yeah, we never see any f- any scenes really right. from the movie until right. like the, the end. Towards there's the kind end. of this like, but mostly you just see the actors. We'll talk about reacting. The yeah, we just see the actors reacting. We see the voiceover actors coming in to play like the demon and screaming or and, the yeah. Or the witch. And we see the Foley guys, you know, smashing watermelons and yeah. stabbing Massimo and lettuce. Massimo. <laughs> Their names were Massimo and Massimo. Oh, yeah. really? They couldn't yeah. get a guy named Stussy? No. <laughs> no, they were both named Massimo, and they were kind of, they were kind of funny characters. Um, but, the, yeah, like dropping watermelons down, stabbing yeah. into lettuce, pulling turnips yeah. as oh, like yeah. hair coming and, out. And, and they, the were the, they were the Foley artists. Right. Yep. But they, there was a scene where they were out sick. Yeah, so, so Gilderoy, so Gilderoy had, to had to take over. Yeah, and he yeah, and he couldn't handle it. Yeah. And but, and Francesco is kind of like supervising it all. He's not the director. No, he's the producer and he yeah. is a dick. Yeah, yeah, he's meddlesome. Yeah. Yeah, he's just an asshole and he's just like The other the other part about this kind of the underlying story behind Gilderoy is that he's trying to get reimbursed for this flight <laughs> that he had to take from England to Italy. Yeah. Dude, the first time he asks about it, I was like, well, "That's weird." Like uh like right off the bat, it's like, "Hey, like within like within like a minute of meeting him, he's like, "I got this receipt." I was like, "You cheap bastard!" Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and so my understanding. Okay, well, let's kind of go through, and then we can go back and yeah. discuss what our feelings are about the, all this. But um, so he's working on the movie. Uh, Santini ends up showing up eventually, and they start talking, and that's where he says, "This is a Santini film, not a horror film." Um, and he's slowly working on it. The main actress. Um, is that Elena? No, that was uh, that was Sylvia. Sylvia, Sylvia sorry. Sylvia, and she plays Teresa in the film. Yeah, she plays Teresa in the movie within the movie, um, but the in the movie her character's name is Sylvia. She becomes like basically saying that Santini molested her, mm-hmm. and she's like gonna ruin everything. And so they come into the studio one day and tapes all fucking. She torn fucks out. everything yeah. up. She fucks everything up. Um, yeah, she basically destroys all of her recordings, and I think some stuff on top of that. Yeah, um, and she even leaves a recording for them, basically saying to fuck off. Yep, I destroyed all your shit. So Have they fun. Hi- they hire a new actress. Now this is where the movie starts to take a weird turn. Gilderoy, he's kind of losing his mind almost. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because there's a scene, and I actually thought this was one of the coolest scenes in the movie, where it's like where he wakes up and he starts like he like, hears a noise or something. He gets Someone's up at the, the door. Yeah. Yeah, and then you find out that it's actually the movie, but he sees himself in it. And then he starts speaking Italian. Yeah, yeah, yeah fluently, because he doesn't speak Italian. I gotta, or is he I gotta, overdubbed? I gotta say something, though. Back to where the place is trashed. Yeah. Um, there's a funny line. Like, it, it's... Like, we'll backtrack a little bit. Like, it's just... It's not the most professional, because it's not like the type of budget you would have like for a Hollywood movie, like back in the seventies in Italy and in Europe, when they're making movies, it was a very small crew. 
Um, and so it's, it's not really something where there's a lot of like professionalism going mm-hmm. on. So Santini's dog is on oh, set. God. And it's funny because <laughs> it's like, there's a scene where they have to do another take because they can hear the dog in the background. It sounds a little familiar to us. It does. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's what I was like, it's like the podcast, you know. <laughs> but it's, it's funny because when they come into the studio and the place is trashed by Sylvia, there's a character, Fabio. I think, I think he is the cinematographer. He comes in and he has a funny line. Like I actually laughed. Like when he said this, he, he like, he looks around and and he's like, "What happened? Did you get the dog to rewind the tape?" One <laughs> <laughs> talented dog. And, and then fucking uh, Francesco's like, "Get the fuck out of here!" Like he's just pushing <laughs> out the door. And there's another there's another line too from Francesco and Santini. They're talking in Italian in front of Gilderoy. He's like, "Where'd you get this?" Guy? And the dog's in there. And Francisco Francisco's like, you have to get the dog out of here. And Santini's like, no, the dog can hear high pitched noises and da da da. Yeah, it's just all bullshit. And then Francisco's <laughs> like, well, make sure he doesn't like lick anything. And he's like, who, Gilderoy or the dog? No, no, no. He's like, he's like, make sure he doesn't poop. Oh, make, make sure, sure he doesn't poop. poop. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, who, Gilderoy or the dog? Uh-huh. Yeah. So they're uh-huh. kind of talking shit about Gilderoy. Anyway, they hire a new actress. Uh, Gilderoy's slowly losing his mind. He sees himself in the film. Now he's either. I, I couldn't tell if he was speaking the Italian or it was an overdub of someone speaking Italian over him. Mm. But it's kind of like scenes that we had already seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were now yeah, in it a, was like all a in Italian. Yep. Yeah. And it was all being, the sound was all added now. Right. So he was in the film. And then, like, that happens for a while. The actress who they got to replace the Teresa character, she, um, is she can't she's scream. trying to scream one yeah. time and so Gilderoy's like here I'll I'll do something that'll make her scream and he like turns up oh, the, yeah, feedback, turns the feedback in her headphones and she's like slowly like whoa and she's about ready to scream and then she just throws down the headphones and storms out of there Francesco goes after her and then Gilderoy just goes into the sound studio and it's like this big white screen and he just like looks at it and then it like goes and that's the end of the movie. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So this movie has a lot. Well, okay. It's this movie doesn't have a lot going on. It's hard, but it is hard to explain. It's it is very, um, it reminds me a lot of like a David Lynch. Film. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's in my notes. Yeah. And I haven't seen a lot of David Lynch movies. Um, I, I've seen Eraserhead, which I guess this could be kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs> I got a little bit of a lost highway vibe. Um, yeah, yeah, little Mulholland Drive. So my uh, my perspective, okay, and this isn't from. I, in fact, I tried to read about this a little bit, and I couldn't really find. I didn't research that much because I didn't want it to influence yeah. what I was going to say. But I couldn't find anything too substantial. I just found people saying, "Oh, I really like this movie," because a lot of people really like this movie. My under my feeling about this movie, and after it was over, I talked to my wife about it. Was I almost feel like Gilderoy is in hell. Mm-hmm. Could be. And he has passed away. I kind of thought that too. Like maybe he wasn't such a great person. Yes. And there's this constant, he's trying to get reimbursed. He's trying to go back almost. Like, yeah. But everybody's like pushing him off and pushing yeah. him off. And, that, and that's why also he's in hell because he's never done this 
a horror film before. Yep. But it's like his punishment. And that's like his punishment. And he's like continuously in this sound studio and he's continuously having to work and it's continuously failing Mm -hmm. because everything he does, it almost backfires and they had to get a new actress. And so it just like, it's almost like a purgatory type thing. Yeah. 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 That's kind of how I took it as well. And even, even they say when he's, when they're researching, the accounting department is researching his plane ticket. They're right. like, no, there was no plane. Yeah, that flight doesn't f- exist. Yeah. That flight didn't exist. Flight and he's never like, happened. you. It did exist. <laughs> but I got the receipt. How did yeah. I get the receipt? Yeah. yeah. As the film goes on, his attitude kind of changes. Like he's very meek at first and, and he feels very out of place. He doesn't speak Italian. Um, you know, he's basically a foreigner. And, but as the film goes on, he gets more involved like yeah and he's like real sympathetic towards the actresses and stuff and and as the movie progresses he gets more and more disconnected yeah there's also this um running with with his mom yeah like the letters yeah he's getting letters from home and then they kind of those start out kind of normal and then it's like hey all your chickens are dead and their heads got ripped off yeah and then even the actress is like let me practice my lines and then her lines are the mom's mom's letter yeah that was kind of cool so and 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 it's the world starts to blur yes his two worlds so i don't know it kind of left me with uh Mm -hmm. i don't know what the fuck is going on Mm -hmm. type feeling yeah it's it's very surreal it is very surreal and and as a matter of fact that's a good word to use i don't think this is a horror film i think it's a surreal film I think it is an art film. I don't find it a horror film because I don't think there was enough elements of it, in my opinion. Mm. I know it's classified as a horror film. I don't think there's enough elements to make it a horror film because there's really nothing There's really nothing that happens that I'm like, oh, wow, that was horrible. Yeah, there's some disturbing like moments. There's some stuff that, that I think... I think but nothing did, that's like overtly scary. I think there's stuff that did happen, and I don't think... No, it's not scary, but unsettling what, what the movie, and I could see why you say that, like, you know, you don't see anything. No, no, yeah. like none of the, none of the, your, none of the, um, characters at the forefront. So you have these people making a movie, there's some conflicts, but nothing really happens to any of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't, you don't see anything, but what's clever about this movie. And I don't know of any other movie that does this. And I'm not giving my review yet, but but this is just what I felt when mm-hmm. it, when it was over. Uh, I felt like I was watching two movies in one. Oh yeah, and the way they did it was that you're basically for the entire length of the film in the film, you're watching how they made that film. Mm-hmm. So you're you're watching one thing, but you're hearing the film that they're making mm-hmm. yeah and as the film goes on there's there's the older guy he works in the studio and every time they start a take he narrates he tells you what it is he yep. narrates yeah, yeah. the scene i thought that was a clever use of it was very clever because the, what what they're doing is they're basically they're setting the scene and as i'm watching i'm picturing two witches i'm picturing a cemetery or, so a lot of it's yeah. in your mind's eye yeah as mm-hmm. far as what the horror film that yeah. they're working on and that's and and to that point yeah that's the that's the only reason why i would classify this as a horror film yeah. is because they're working on a horror film right right yeah, but it is a surrealist type of art piece about uh, a man's struggle with himself and a man's struggle against other um, man, fellow man. Um, it, 
I, I don't there's know probably, what the message is. There's probably a number of interpretations and yeah. messages. I'm not sure if there was like any kind of you know moral message or anything like that. I just think it was. I just think he was in purgatory. I like the purgatory. Yeah, that could, that could, interpretation. That's, yeah. that's a good one. Um, I just like the fact that you could hear the horror film. Yeah, and yeah. you could see yeah. it in your mind. I wouldn't mind watching this again, but with my eyes closed during some scenes. I and like the volume turned. I up. would rather watch the horror film that they were working on. <laughs> I mean, I, I not to give away my review or anything, and that's not to say that I'm going to review this badly. Yeah. But I, I would rather see that film. <laughs> I, I, I think I did already. I wanted to see yeah. more. Like I wanted, like I thought it was really cool when he started picturing himself in the movie. I wanted more of that, and I thought it would have been really cool if there was a scene where, like, or more like scenes of him murdering somebody or something. It's like, and then it's like, did he actually do that? Yeah. I thought that would have been yeah. cool. As 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 things started to blur towards the end, he wakes up in his bed and then he's in the studio and then you know he's holding a knife and yeah. so it really started to blur towards the end. Yeah. I wanted, you, you wanted, wanted to see the, the images. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. Is that that caused me some anxiety throughout the film, by the way. What's that? Not seeing. Not seeing. Yeah. Ah. I felt and and I thought it was good that they did this. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that it was a bad choice. Where you just I'm, see the actors reacting, like, turn the camera around. Let yes, me see what they're looking I at. I want to see what, what they're, they're looking, looking at. at. Yeah. And yeah. that caused me, like, for the first, I would say, 45 minutes of the film, whenever they were doing a scene and I wasn't seeing the screen, I was like, really, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. fuck. I want to see what they're seeing. It's going to add to, like, the creepy element. Um, but I will say this. Okay, so uh, do, you, do you have any other thoughts about... No, um, I mean, I, I have some, I mean, I can get it to it in my review. Okay. So as far as reviews go, my personal thing is I thought the acting was awesome. I thought everybody did a fantastic job. I thought Toby Jones really carried this film and you really like, he wasn't a sympathetic character. Kind of. He started out that way, but eventually you're just like, he's just a, yeah, he's, he's just kind a, of a sad sack. Yeah. He's just a plebe that I just don't <laughs> care about, but I thought he did a fantastic job. I thought, um, the actresses did a fantastic job of being that type of giallo actress, right? Like, oh, yeah. like yeah, yeah. their, their voiceover and, um, everything. I thought the guy who played the producer and the guy who played the director, I thought everybody just Fantastic acting all around. I will say this also. The movie's about sound. I thought the sound was awesome. Yep. Um, I thought the sound mixing, I mean, that's like... And where, it was all old equipment, too. That's where this movie shines, yes. in my opinion, Absolutely. is the way that they use sound. And to your point, Alan, and, and to my anxiety, is like, yes, you could hear everything, and that's what made me want yeah. to see it. Mm -hmm. But if you just sat there and listened to it, even with just headphones on... And, and not see anything yeah. with your eyes closed, you could get a sense of what is going on yeah. Yeah. Uh, in the, in the I, film. I saw two movies as far as I could <laughs> yeah. um, So I like the sound. I like the acting. I thought the visuals I thought were great. I, I think this uh, Peter Strickland is a, is a fabulous visual oh, yeah. director. A lot of really good editing. Yes. Uh, and whoever edited this, I didn't write that down. But I thought visually uh, the film was put together well. As far as a horror film goes, I, I didn't like it as a horror film. Um, it was a surreal film. It was an art film. So I, I'm, I'm not going to even take that into consideration, though, in my review. I will say this. I, it did get a little long in the tooth for me at times. Um, and to David's point, I think if the stuff that was happening in the last 20 minutes mm -hmm. started happening earlier, earlier yeah. 
and we saw more of that stuff, I probably would have. Yeah, I agree. I think the first 45, 50 minutes of the film was just kind of like, okay, let's, let's get this, <laughs> let's get this ball rolling. Um, so all in all, I'm going to give it three heads. I'm going to kind of put it right in the middle. Um, I know we do five, so, but, um, I think it's, it's a good enough film to get three. It's not in my opinion, good enough to get higher than that, but <clears throat> that's just my opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like this film as well uh, for a lot of the reasons that you said. The sound being probably the biggest one is, you know, as somebody who does music and, you know, mm-hmm. wanted to be a Foley artist yeah. as a kid, like, uh, there was so much eye candy for me in this movie, like looking at all of the, like the reel to reels and the old equipment and seeing the way they overdub stuff. Like I just, just that in and of itself, I was entertained. Um, I loved and this is another thing about sound that I, that I love so much was the scenes of people recording in the booth and, you know, you get the person who's like the, the demon or the witch and they're like, you do that really well. and you're just watching them do it. And you're like, this is so stupid and it sounds ridiculous. But then when that gets mixed into the context of the actual film, then that's where like the magic happens. Yeah. And I love that about sound is like, yeah, on the surface level, you know, there's somebody stabbing a knife into a, a head of lettuce, but then in the when it's mixed in, you know, it sounds like somebody stabbing, know, stabbing somebody. somebody in the heart or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So I thought all of that was really, really cool. I liked the dream sequences. Uh, I agree with you, Brett. I wish there had been more of that, and I wish we had seen it sooner. And I wish that there was more of, like, showing things, but I think some of that just comes down to budget. Uh, but overall, I thought this was a, a really cool movie. I, I agree. About 20 minutes in, I started getting a little bit bored. And then I think around 45 minutes or so, I started picking up again. So I give it a three and a half. Uh, I enjoyed this movie quite a bit. I had never heard of it, uh, but yeah. I thought it was really cool. Yeah, I, um, I, I actually wish that it was a little bit longer, to be honest. And I mean, kind of to your guys' points, like... Um, maybe more expanded yeah, longer, but more cool shit. Well, m- yeah, more expanded on the, <laughs> uh, on the idea of, you know, he, the, Gilderoy. his, 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 um, his realities are kind of blending or like, yeah. the, you know, the, his reality and then the film like are kind of blending together. Um, I, I wasn't bored early on though, or even like 20 or 30 minutes in, like I was just kind of mesmerized, um, first this is fo- definitely a film as I watched. I'm like, this is right up Alan's alley. Well, I, because of the subject matter. Well, about not only films. that, but I was really digging just the whole work in the studio that they were doing. It was just really true. It was fascinating. It was. It really was. And and like I said, you know, it's basically behind the scenes or basically the production of a movie that you know I would see. I would normally see. And. And I'm, I'm, but I'm not watching this movie. I can hear it, Dude. but in my mind, I can see it. Dude, and real it, quick, something else we didn't really touch on is uh, this movie's also got a claustrophobic feel because the whole movie takes place in the studio. The whole right? movie, pretty much, right? Which going back to the hell, that's another element. Thing, I think yeah. is another like we never see him anywhere else but this place. Uh, he has his like apartment that he's in, that he's staying in, his hotel room. But is he really there? I don't know. I because yeah. <laughs> he, go, he goes through the door and then he's in the studio. So I never I really, don't yeah, I don't know. It never really establishes. You know, if they're two separate buildings or not. Yeah. Um, but you're right. It it is like a claustrophobic kind of feeling in, in like he's just stuck there. And yep. then he starts speaking Italian and then <laughs> scenes it kind of gets a little groundhog day too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um I, I really enjoyed this movie. Um I just but like to your guys' point, I wish they had expanded more on, you know, the blurred lines and that sort of thing. 
um, I was never bored. I was totally captivated. Um, and you know, there were some little references and, you know, little nods to, you know, those, those older films from the seventies. Um, I gave it a four. Okay. So it averages about three and a half. Yep. Um, there was another film made in the eighties called blowout starring John Travolta. Did you guys ever see this movie? No, he ate a bunch of Taco Bell. <laughs> no, he's a he's a sound guy, oh, and cool. he's recording some ambient sounds, and he actually records a like a murder happening or oh, something okay. happening, and so they're using he, he uses this sound to kind of isolate like what happened and where it was. So when this movie started, huh. I thought, oh, maybe that's what's going to happen. Like he's going to be recording some shit and he's going to record something. And he's going to incorporate it into the movie. Yeah. Kind of like, what was that roller coaster of love <laughs> yeah. with the screaming? What was that? That was in the movie Urban Legends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, so Peter Strickland, I was 2012. He goes on to make a few other films and his, uh, I believe most recent film, was from 2018 called in fabric, um, which is the second film that we watched in our little double feature here. Um, like I said, written, directed by Peter Strickland stars, uh, Marianne Jean Baptiste as Sheila Haley Squires as Babs, Leo bill as reg, uh, Gwendolyn Christie as Gwen, who she also played, um, she was in game of Thrones. She was in game of Thrones. She played, uh, Brienne of Tarth in Game of Thrones. She was also in the new Star Wars movies. She plays the Silver Stormtrooper. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Phasma. Phasma, yeah. Captain Phasma. Uh, Julianne Barrett as Stash, Steve Orem as Clive, and some other people. Um, all right, so in Fabric, again, uh, this Strickland guy, he really likes his uh, Italian horror films. Yeah, he does. Uh, and he likes the setting of like the 70s slash early 80s. Um, which is fine. Um, this movie, I mean, to s sum it all up, it's about a haunted red dress. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what it's about. So <laughs> did you guys, when you were kids, did you read the Dr. Seuss story about the green pants with nobody yes, inside them? Yes. That was, that, that story was creepy. This movie made me think of that. It's like, this is the, <laughs> that's the green pants, but for adults. I should say, I didn't read that when I was a kid. I read that to my son when he was yeah. a kid and it did creep him out. Yeah. yeah he got scared about that. Spoiler that alert though. The pants turned out to be nice. Yeah, they did. They were just as scared of him as he was of it was them. the sisterhood of the traveling pants. Yeah. Like, I just want to make your ass look good. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, in fabric. Get in me. <laughs> so it's about this, like, uh, mall-type department store, I should say, uh, where they sell these clothes, and there's, like, these weird people. We'll talk about them in a second. <laughs> Dentley who, and Soapers is the name of the store. And they uh, are having this, like, after-Christmas sale, and they're advertising it and magazines and and on tv and uh this the commercials are really long too yeah like yeah. it's a long that'd be an expensive ad and sheila and they're fucking weird yeah i, she, I love the retro look that they have <laughs> yeah they are weird commercials with the weird mannequins yeah um but uh sheila is a single mother who uh is recently in her 50s. recently divorced right yep and her ex-husband you know has moved on he's got a new girlfriend her son is like in college and he's still living with her yeah, and he's dating an older woman he dates gwen and um and he can and she can hear him fuck her like <laughs> yeah. at night and he's like an artist type but anyway so the she's poor a, mom she's like on a <laughs> i guess 
I mean, it's the '80s equivalent of a dating site, right? It's like you submit like your picture yeah, and bio. Yeah, to, to the personals in the newspaper, the yeah, the penny saver. Yeah. And did um, you think it was '80s? I thought it was '70s. I thought it was early '80s. I, late I couldn't 70s. put a timestamp on it. See, uh, I was it, thinking like mid to late '70s. But yeah, it's kind of ambiguous. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It ambig- is. It's not now. There's no cell phones. Yeah, yeah it's not now. I mean, the te- television and the fact that it was this dating. Right. And um, I don't think we ever see any cars. Or, well, that's not true. We do see a car. <laughs> we do see a couple. Well, we see a couple cars, yeah. but yes. But um, but nothing that would give away like where we're like. Yeah. The, what time, time period. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, so she wants to go out on these dates and she's starting to meet some people through these personal ads. And she goes down to the department store and buys this uh, dress. Um, And the dress, you know, fits her nice. She looks good in it. The color's described as artery red. Artery red. I simply must have it. And it's the only one. Yep. Like this. Um, So she wears the dress out. She has a shitty date in it. <laughs> that like, guy's an asshole. That guy was just. Uh, he shows so, up. He's got a coupon for pudding. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> he's like you just got to share pudding with me. I got to share pudding, love. <laughs> and we get 25% off. And he shows up with like a broken rose. He's just an asshole. Yeah, he's just a douche. <laughs> he's a, has no interest in conversation. Yeah. He's just there for the discounted meal. <laughs> I just want my, my figgy pudding. <laughs> Bring us some figgy pudding. <laughs> um, so. She takes the dress back home, and then she notices she has a rash on her chest. And she's just like, mm, whatever. Maybe it's just from the soap that I used, the washing detergent. She has a funny conversation, I think, around this point with Gwen about her son. And she's like, oh, he must have fallen asleep. He always falls asleep after he comes. <laughs> Mom's like, ah, oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And the dress, like, appears in her son's room. And she's like, well, tell Gwen that, you know, she's like, she can't go into my room and steal my, my clothes. clothes. And then she throws the, the dress in the washing machine. Yeah. And the washing machine just totally fucking starts going crazy. Yeah. It's like jumping all over the place and like, yeah, she un- tries to stop it and they like, even she slices her hand. It. They yeah. even unplug it and it's still going crazy. Yeah. Um, so early on, like, it's no secret. There's something up, something's with, this up with this dress. Yeah. So she takes the dress. And, and by the way, also the dress, like... Never gets never gets damaged. Damaged, right? She gets attacked by a dog. Oh, she meets another guy who's nice to her. Yeah, yeah. that guy's cool. And uh, she gets attacked by a dog, and the dog rips the dress. And then the, they find the dress, and it's like it's whole again. Yeah. She goes to take the dress back to the department store, and I should also say this: we're also intercut with scenes of this department store. <laughs> There's some weird shit going on. Weird shit to say the least. (laughs) They're like bathing this mannequin and they pull down its panties and it's got pubic hair and a slit. And there's a dude who's like reacting. The old man who works there. We watch him emote for like 20 minutes. Well, he's not only reacting. He's jerking off as they're fondling this (laughs) mannequin's vagina and blood's coming out of it. The woman who's like the main woman department store, like she is bald like the mannequins. Yeah. Yeah. She, she looks get, like a mannequin. She's got yeah. that blue sunshine. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. She likes shimmying up and down a dumb waiter. That's how she gets around. Yeah. Like, elevators are fucking for squares, man. Yeah. Did you notice the mannequin started to menstruate? Yeah. 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 He said that. Oh, yeah. oh, I thought you said there's just a slit, but it's like, oh, yeah. a slit. And, and then it started, started bleeding. Yeah, it started bleeding. And then the dude finishes and we see his cum fly through the air. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then he just like is like Wee. just like any other guy once he's done he's like all right clean that up <laughs> turns around and walks away <laughs> like, I'm gonna go get a sandwich. All the all the women working there look like Helena Bonham Carter clones. <laughs> well, they did all look alike yeah, too, they and they all like dressed the same way, and they had this weird way of opening the store where they would be like, "Come in, come in." Yeah, like, almost like a little ritual. Yeah, yeah. And they all kind of line up. The consumerism, like of these of these customers, just open, open, open. They yeah. were open. just like. We won't, they're waiting for it to open. Yeah. Shut up and take my money. Yep. Maybe there's like an underlying message there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, so Sheila is like, whatever. She's like, fuck this. She's got the dress in the back. She's going to go spend the night at her new boyfriend's house. And she's driving along. Yeah. And then she starts seeing mannequins on the side of the road. Ah, it's dark out. That was creepy. And then she like go, hits a mannequin yeah. and her car. She like slams on the brakes. She gets in car accident. Presumably she dies. Yeah, she. We dies. never see her again. Yeah, she like did. her story's over. I'm pretty sure she did. Okay, this is like where my wife entered the room and she started watching this with me, and something happens and I turn to her and I go, by the way, I don't know who these fucking people are. They, I've been watching this movie for 45 minutes and everybody from the first 45 minutes is no longer in yeah. this movie. Yeah, so. Um, it's not an anthology, but there is two stories. Yeah, there's two stories. It's uh, like we watched four movies this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so the second story involves Reg and his fiance Babs. Uh, Reg, he's a fucking bore. Talk about a fucking <laughs> meek uh dweeb. Yeah. Like this guy, he's at his like stag party, his bachelor party. <laughs> and uh, they make him dress in the the red dress. Yeah, they put the red dress because they him. find the red dress at a like it gets donated after she dies. Yeah, uh, to a like a thrift store, and one of the guys from his bachelor party finds it, buys it. I think it was even his father-in-law, his future father-in-law, who does this to him, makes him direct, put the dress on. <laughs> yeah, and he say has, yes to the dress. <laughs> he's all yes, yes. Um, it's beautiful. The one interlocking thing between the two is that he's a washer. Repair, yeah, yeah. right. Yep. And they needed their washing machine repaired. Besides the dress, it's the thing that connects the two. Also, the supervisors, the bank supervisors. Well, the the supervisors from the bank. Yeah, yeah they kind of because he applies for he wants a, a loan. loan. He applies, yeah. But and they were Sheila's supervisors. Those supervisors yes. are weird too. They're like, they're hey. like comic relief. They were, <laughs> and they're like they're like a gay couple. I don't know. I think they reminded like, me of like a the, the up, reference were very subtle. Yeah, very yeah. like kind of fucked up version of like the Bob's from Office Space. Yes. Yeah. And uh, well, I, they're they're English comics. I can't, remember, yeah, yeah. I can't remember their names. I mean, I can look it up right now. Yeah. But, but uh, I it, could see that they were there for like the comic yeah. relief. But at the well, same time, they were just it was just kind of annoying and frustrating, especially when they were talking to Sheila. Yeah. Because they're like, we've gotten some complaints that you went to the restroom. Uh, you go to the restroom two minutes before your break time or whatever. And she's like, I did <laughs> yeah. that once. And they're like, well, we've gotten some complaints. It's like, what, what the, the fuck? But it's funny, the way they deliver those lines, it's like almost kind of pleasant. Like, they're very, like, kind of like... Well, yeah. I think it's kind of funny because we've all... <laughs> I think at one point it probably worked for a boss that's kind of like that. About yeah. like, oh, well... You know, some people say it, it's like okay, all right, yeah. or like the part where they like give her do? feedback on her handshake. Oh, they said it wasn't oh. like. Do you, do you want to role play? It's like no, I got it. You, you want ever, me to shake more firmly? I can do that. Yeah. We don't we don't need to practice. You I, ever got, seen, I got this. You ever seen the Mighty Boosh? No. Uh. Uh-uh. Oh, I, I remember. Is it was that an MTV show? Yeah, it, it was on God, last 
It was a long time ago. Yeah, but yeah it was like I, the 2000. That, one of those guys was I remember that. it. I just don't know if I ever saw uh, it. But no, the handshake thing was funny because he was like, it even has a little cartoon at the end. Just, <laughs> yeah. for, just for extra clarity. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And he's like, we could even practice. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You want to practice? We could role, we could role play. <laughs> yeah, they had a couple of good uh, interactions. But anyway, I, I felt bad because Sheila was a sympathetic character. I felt for her, unlike Reg. Reg, I didn't give a fuck no. about. Reg was a douche. Um, but Reg, I kind of felt bad for him because he got fired from his job for fixing his own washing machine. Like, <laughs> they're like, you're not supposed to do that. And it's like, what? And he was like, he's, he was telling his coworkers, like, but I use my own parts. Like, yeah. we got to call Maytag. Yeah. And they were like, they were and like, it's like well, just we the paid f- for your training. We paid for your training. So you can't use that for your own personal gain. Whatever. Fuck off. Anyway, I think it was. I was more. I think it was more surrealism. It's like wow. Like definitely surreal. Like, could that the, like happen f- anywhere? It's like no way. No. And if it did, like you just <laughs> sue him. But but the other thing too that was weird about Reg it, and this whole. I guess. I guess these washing machine repairmen were known for this. Is like when they start telling what's wrong with the washing machine mm-hmm. and they just start going and it's almost like hypnotic for them <laughs> the people they are telling like have orgasms or they are sexually turned on yeah oh tell me more because he's at a woman's house doing a call and he starts telling her what's wrong with it and then her eyes like close and she like starts like basically having an orgasm he starts talking to his wife about what's wrong with their washing machine her eyes cross and she's all <laughs> And then the guys, the two banker guys, they're trying to get him to tell them what, what would be wrong with a washing machine. Because they said they called a washing repairman uh, a few years back who told them that and they wanted him to replicate that. I was so I was I, trying to think of like the symbolism with that. too. It was just weird. I don't yeah. fucking know. But I was like. Maybe something with consumerism as well. When you have like somebody and I, I don't know offering a service or, and they're or maybe, or maybe it was like a a, a a symbolism for like prostitution is like we prostitute ourselves to our work and these guys are prostituting themselves on behalf of a large corporation and so they're giving their customers you know. A service. It's, it's like it's a like service. his boss was a pimp and he was the prostitute yeah, maybe. and he was whoring himself out to the man. Like I guess you could like read that in there. <laughs> I don't know. The Listen. boss hits him. He's like, I'm sorry, I had to hit, I'm sorry, I had to hit you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, lo and behold, the dress brings havoc to his life. Uh, his wife tries it on and she loves it. She goes back down to the shop and she's looking for a new dress. Meanwhile, there's like possibly a um, well, and the the woman uh, sees her and she's like, "You can't, you can't wear that here. Get out of here." Yeah, she tries to kick her out, and then yeah. Babs is like, "Fuck you! Give me a new dress, and I'll I'll wear a new dress." But Reg is back home, and there's like a carbon monoxide leak in his house, and he's slow. He's watching the commercial, this long ass commercial yeah. uh, for the department he's just store. Just kind of hypnotized, yeah. As the carbon monoxide like kills him. Meanwhile, at the store, the crowd starts going crazy and rioting. Uh, There's a good fight between a couple of customers. Like one of them spits in the other one's face, and then I think she slaps her, her back, and then she decks her. <laughs> yeah. And as that that's going on, the Babs, who is in a dressing room, she has taken the red dress off. The red dress has flown on top of a heater. Yeah. Caused a fire. She's stuck in the dressing room. The whole fucking uh, the whole thing goes department up. Department store starts burning down. Fucking Baldy. 
Blue Sun. She gets in the dumb waiter. Climbs in the dumb waiter and starts going down. See ya. And she sees all the people. Oh, the other thing that we didn't mention is the model who wore the dress oh, that's in right. the she magazine. Was killed, right. She was killed. Yeah. So yeah. that's why the dress is haunted, I guess. But anyway, or the dress was haunted before that. But anyway, as she's going down in the dumb waiter, she sees the model making the dress. Yep. Then she goes to the next level. Sheila. She sees Sheila making the dress. Then she sees Ridge. Babs and Reg yep. making a dress. Did, did you see closely how they were making it? No. The fabric was coming from them. Oh, was it? Mm. And then as she's going down, we also see lots of empty uh, sewing machines. So it's like, yeah. Ah, and then she like laughs and then it's the end. Yeah. Yeah. Room for more. And then we get a shot of uh, the firefighters kind of going through the rubble. Uh, of and the dress the, is and there. And the dress is still there and it's perfect. Yeah. yeah. It's beautiful. I'm sure one of those firefighters is like, me, me lady would lock no, this dress. No, I'm going to take this home for my lady. <laughs> I wouldn't mind wearing it myself. I wouldn't wear it myself. (laughs) (laughs) This bird doesn't know how to do this. This bloke's got to do it all. This dress shows off me bulge. (laughs) (laughs) That was the other thing, too, is no matter what your size was, the dress just fit fit. Right. That's Yeah, that's another thing. Yeah. All the the characters that wore it were different sizes. Traveling pants. Yeah, it was this this fucking traveling pants. Uh, The dress, too, like, it wasn't, like, theoretically haunted. Like, we do see the dress move. Yeah. Like, yeah, and it like tries to smother somebody. I think Gwen. Gwen yeah. tries to smother her. It like starts like move. It's like attached to the ceiling and drops on her. And then it's like moving around and slinks away. Yeah. It's like the it's wind in American Beauty. Like the, the it's bag. It's so beautiful. It's just a bag full of so beautiful. <laughs> it's a fucking bag. It's dude. a feather in, in Forrest Gump. <laughs> yes. All right. What'd you think, David? Um, Start us off. Okay. So. This movie was, uh, the visuals were fantastic. This was a really cool movie to look at. And it reminded me of, you know, 70s Italian, uh, like Suspiria, like lots of colors, lots, obviously lots of reds. The problem that I mostly had with it was, aside from it looking cool, I just thought it was very pretentious. Like, to me, it was, this was a pretentious version of an episode of Tales from the Crypt. (laughs) Like, Hmm. you know... A dress that is haunted, and if you wear it, something bad can happen. I mean, the story... That seems like a Tales from the Crypt episode, it does. by the way. Yeah. And, it, and, and in fact, we have the, it happened to more than one person because the story is, in my opinion, kind of thin. So to stretch it out into a full-length movie, they had to have it... Two stories. Yeah, exactly. Um, there were things that I thought were funny. Like, it, it, this one's definitely got more laughs. Well, the Barbarian Sound Studio, I don't think, really had any laughs. Well, a couple little ones. Yeah. But this one was a funnier movie, but I wouldn't say it was funny. But one part that I really did, uh, I laughed out loud, was Sheila goes into her son's bedroom when he's not there, and she's kind of looking around, and she finds a pair of Gwen's panties, but they're kind of like big granny panties almost, but it's got her son's face on the panties, uh-huh. and she's like, ah, oh, Jesus. And then she keeps <laughs> walking around in the room, and then she picks up a painting because uh, he's an artist, and it's a picture of like a sunset or a sunrise, but the sun is a person's asshole. Yeah, and it's she's a like, vagina. It's a vagina. It's like a woman's yeah. asshole and vagina. <laughs> yeah, and then she's like, ah, oh, Jesus. And then she like walks further and she finds a book like on his nightstand. And she picks it up and says, like, how to hit on older women. And she's like, ah. Oh. <laughs> It just kept escalating. And, and, uh, Her stopped. son also jerks off to a picture that he'd drawn of a vagina, too. He's like, <laughs> yeah. When she's dying... When yeah, her death scene, yeah, that's right, because the, the police or somebody like, call, and he and doesn't even answer because he's busy <laughs> whacking it. Her son's um, a loser. Yeah. Such a loser. So there was some comic relief. Uh, I just thought the movie was really weird uh, to the point of, like I said, of 
pretentiousness. Uh, I probably wouldn't watch it again, though I would say for our listeners, if you do choose to watch it, um, I rent it. Oh, you could rent it through Amazon. And that is weird. You could rent it in high def for, I think, $3.99, or you could buy it in 4K for $4.99. Oh. So I paid the extra dollar. So, so you own I own this movie now. <laughs> A I, movie that you're never going to watch I probably again. won't watch it again. Um, I didn't hate it, though. Uh, it definitely was interesting. Uh, I gave it a three. Okay. Uh, I'll let I'll let you go last because I'm sure you got some stuff to say about this. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I kind of I kind of agree with David. I thought this was a little pretentious. I also read that it was a horror comedy, and I didn't. That's how it was like marketed. Yeah, it's not nearly funny enough to work as a horror comedy. I didn't think. I mean, the the two banker managers aside, like I didn't really find a lot of humor in almost anything. Like I was just like. Yeah, the, the laughs were more chuckles. They weren't like yeah, they weren't all like laughs. no knee slappers. I also didn't find it to be a horror film in the sense that okay, because there's a haunted dress, like maybe I guess I thought it was more of a character study of these individuals, this Reg and this Sheila. Um, whereas to David's point too, it's like you know they didn't have enough of a story to make Sheila's story a whole movie. So they added the red story. It's like, I almost would have rather them been three stories then. Mm-hmm. Shorten the other two yeah, and I, add a third one. Agreed. I didn't think there was enough explanation about the people that work at the department store. Were they witches? I'm assuming they were witches. They could be. I mean, yeah, so, they made some a, sort of pact with the devil yeah, or something. They kind of just left it up to the viewer, I think. Yeah, or were they mannequins that this guy had brought back to life? Like, I almost thought they were could like, be. it was like fucking Kim Cattrall and they were fucking <laughs> mannequins, you know? Um, uh who was the guy? Was it Andrew McCarthy? I think so. Or is that his name? Yeah. yeah. From uh, from uh, Weekend of Bernie's? Bernie's. Yeah. And Kim Cattrall. And there was a song. What was the song? Was that, Oh, from Mannequin? Wasn't that uh, that fucking... Um, we can build this thing together. Yeah. Standing strong forever. Nothing's gonna stop us now. I think you're and right. And if this world runs out, they should have played that during. We'll game. still have each other. <laughs> Nothing's gonna stop us. Nothing's gonna stop Starship. Us. No. Yep. That's yeah. right. Jefferson Airplane, and then there were Jefferson, Jefferson Starship, Starship, and then, and then Starship. Starship. Yeah. And Starship was the worst incarnation oh, yeah. of that band. Yeah, you went from White Rabbit to yeah. Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now. Yeah. And, and we the, built this city on rock and roll. <laughs> like, you didn't build shit. Yeah, you didn't build dick, you assholes. <laughs> you built this city on shit. You uh, built this department store. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I just... And also, the movie was long. It was, it was two hours. Yeah, it was long. And I honestly, like, I was sitting there like this. And I would just check and see how much time was left in the movie because I was like, oh, my God, there's oh, still a half dude, hour as left. A, a quick aside, because you guys kind of know behind the scenes. Okay, so I was streaming this movie and the fucking Internet kept going out. And I was like, <laughs> God damn it. And when it was over, I got in my car and I drove to the store and I upgraded my Internet, my yeah. streaming. Yeah. yeah. So now I stream. But it took you, what, 45 minutes to watch the last 20 minutes? <laughs> it did. I felt like it took me 45 yes. minutes to watch oh, the last 20 minutes. I was so minutes. pissed off. Um, so I'm going to give this. It's not as good as Barbarian Sound Studio. Agreed. Mm. Um, but I do think the visuals were good, and I do think the sound is good. I think Peter Strickland is a talented filmmaker. Yeah, definitely. I just want some, maybe someone else to write the films. <laughs> but uh, I'm giving it two and a half. Two cool. and a half. There's, there's different degrees and different styles of comedy. Um, this, this is dark comedy. But not only that, it's English humor. 
So their humor is not the same as what Americans, you know, what we're accustomed to with a lot of like laugh out loud, funny, like, you yeah, know, kind it's of a humor. comedy in it. It's, it's more like conversational humor where like the, the two supervisors are having conversations with these people and it's just like just absurd stuff. Like it just kind of, it made me laugh. Like I was like, what the hell? Like, but it's it's but you're right. It's not laugh out loud funny, but it's still comedy nonetheless. Um, just just at a different degree. Um, so it with with the comedy, you got like elements of like a little bit of a ghost story, a little bit Jalo, um, little Doctor Seuss, a little bit like like a lot of surrealism. Um, mm. I, I didn't think it was really pretentious at all. I thought it was just really interesting and just kind of put my imagination to work. Like to Brett's point, you know, I was like, are these witches? Are these mannequins that come to life? Uh, is, is this really a department store? Is it pur- purgatory? You know, cause she's descending in the dumb waiter. It's like, yeah, maybe they're all like in hell. hell. Maybe yeah. they're all in hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's, there were just a number of things I was just fascinated by and just really put my mind to work. Um, sometimes I like when a movie like doesn't explain things to me because it, it makes me think, it makes me wonder. And then like, sometimes I'll seek out like, you know, an interview with the director, see what the hell he was doing. And then I did that. I I was looking at Strickland for some kind of interview about this film. And the way he put it was he made this movie because of when he was a kid, his mom would take him to like the department stores. And he always thought the mannequins there were just really creepy. Mm. Like, especially like, I guess he was a kid in the eighties or the seventies. And, uh, you know, back then like mannequins almost didn't look human. Like the way he put it. So I just thought that was interesting, but there's also like kind of a message of like consumerism, like it just things that we desire can consume us. Mm. Um, but I also read into another theme and it reminded me of Christine, the movie, mm-hmm. oh, except yeah. instead of a car, it's a dress. So like Sheila puts the dress in the washer and like, you know, the washer goes crazy because like, yeah, you're right. And Christine always fixes herself. Yeah. Like the dress, like, Felt, felt like it was getting treated poorly. Like right. it would have helped Sheila yeah. had she treated the dress right. Right. Like, you know, it's the dress is being reduced to like the level of all other clothes in the same wash. It shouldn't be, yeah. Um, Reg puts on the dress and like they make fun of him and stuff like that. Like the dress feels like it's being made fun Slided, of. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Don't make fun of me. Babs. I'll kill you. Tries on another dress and maybe the dress gets jealous mm-hmm. and then just sets fire to the whole fucking place. Like (laughs) I don't, there was just so many things that, you know, I was just thinking about with this movie. I didn't think it was too long. I I was just mesmerized by the whole thing. Um, I, I give it a five. Holy (laughs) shit. Jesus Christ. I thought it was great. Can I reduce mine down to (laughs) zero? (laughs) So you like this more than barbarian sound studio? I did actually. Um, the music was great. Cavern of Antimatter did an awesome job. Um, the music in the last one was good too. That it was, was by broadcast. Too. Yeah, I um, just I just think the guy's a talented filmmaker. Like I really want to see him make a dude. It, a I think we've talked film. about this before. It's kind of how I feel about Rob Zombie. Sometimes we're like, hey, I really like you as a filmmaker. I don't yeah. like you as a writer. Yeah. Well, yes, exactly. I do think Rob Zombie is a very fil- talented well, thought- filmmaker, but I think this guy, like this guy is an Oscar. Oh, level yeah, 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 yeah. Filmmaker. Like yeah. I thought the dialogue together- was great, though. 
Well, it's not that I had a problem with the dialogue either. I guess the... I thought it had to, great writing. To me, the story is just... I mean, the story... Uh, the story was I will not say, there. Well, no, the story was there, but I will say it was basic. But all the other, <laughs> all the other elements picked up the story. And yeah. and when that happens, I I think it makes the story good. You're right. It's just a basic story. It's a haunted dress. Two stories. But they have yeah. The, yeah they have all these elements in it, and it's you know, and it's still the same characters. Mm-hmm. Well, not the same characters. We have you have two different kind of worlds that they kind of yeah with the washing machine repair and the supervisors and the bankers, yeah and, and the dress but, obviously but at its core it's not about those characters so much as it's about the dress yeah and the path that the dress goes through i i see that and yeah. that's why i would have liked a third story yeah. and, sh- and tighten yeah. up those other two yeah to show the path of the dress it's like, dude like i said the dress is just the the bag in the wind yeah yeah <laughs> yeah but i th- i think like it would have worked better as an anthology, like a true anthology, like a three-story anthology with the with the department store being like yeah. the interlude. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Excuse yeah. me. The, she, the she'd be like the Crypt yeah. Keeper. Yeah. They did almost kind of have three stories because Babs kind of has a story too. And that's one thing I, I forgot to mention was there is also a, a subtext of these people's dreams. Sheila yes, tells right. about her dream. Reg tells about a dream he had. And so does Babs. Right. And they... And I forget the dreams exactly, but I know I know Babs was is her, a baby her, being like a C section, right? That was or is that somebody else? That was Reg's dream. Okay, that Babs had a baby. Oh yeah, Babs and the baby had the dream. Him up. Yes, the, Babs had the dream about how she tried the dress anorexic, on. Basically. Yes, yes, and she kept yeah, yeah, and so they had dreams, and so I think if we really analyze what they were saying in those dreams that could give us more of a subtext of these characters. Yeah. Because Reg was afraid that he was just going to get laughed at by everybody, yeah. including his own child. Babs was consumed by her weight, right? Yep. Her yeah. physical appearance, even though, you know, there was nothing wrong with her physical appearance, but right. she wanted to be thinner. She was constantly like, Oh, I need to fit in a right. size 36. It's sexualized mannequins too. Yeah. And, that and, was the whole, that was, that was a whole weird thing. And that's almost like, you know, I, I get your point on like, I do like movies that make me think, Yeah, but there's also something to be said about getting answers and not just getting a bunch of questions. Like, I don't need everything to be answered. Yeah. I'm not one of those people. Like I I've been recently rewatching the Sopranos mm-hmm. since we've been stuck at home. My wife never, never seen it. And I remember the ending of the Sopranos and not to give that away to yeah, anybody, but the ending like, of the Sopranos it's ambiguous disappointed a lot of people because it was like it didn't close up everything it didn't wrap it up on a nice tight bow and i was okay with that um then i thought the i don't know i thought the interpretation of that was pretty straightforward well yeah he's dead (laughs) (laughs) but i mean like even other subplots within the series didn't get wrapped up like breaking bad did a great job of right like wrapping up everything yeah and i was i appreciate that but i don't always need that i didn't need that from this film but i would have liked to maybe understand more I want the director and the writer to tell me instead of being like, here, this is you figure it out. It's Mm -hmm. like, I didn't, I didn't sign up to do a puzzle. And that's where I get like, (laughs) and that's where I was talking about like the pretentious side. Cause like, I feel like sometimes filmmakers do that because it's lazy. Like sometimes it's like, Oh, well you didn't understand. It's like, no, you didn't know how to fucking end your movie or, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like sometimes that's that's like a very easy excuse. Like, Oh, if you don't get it, you're just not evolved enough to understand. And I'll "Eh." I'll say this too. I don't know if the director did that, but I agree with what you're saying. The other thing too is, and I knew Alan was going to like both of these films because these are the types of films that you like. And I know Alan, and that's 
fine. I, I don't have any problem with that, but I was reading some reviews on some of these films and it's like, there's a lot of people out there, you know, who like these films just because they, they're supposed to like these films. You're right. Like they don't have, they don't, they don't have the, the ability to understand like why someone likes this film. Like I know why Alan likes this film. Alan can explain to us why he likes this mm-hmm. film and he has A, B, C, D and E. But there's some people out there who are like, oh, this is just a masterpiece. And it's like, why? Well, because it is. It's a it's a masterpiece. It's <laughs> See, like, and I don't I don't get involved with any of those no, people. No, I know because, you don't. Yeah, you're like, not, you're you know, not like but that. that's why I was reading this, and I was like, this has got a 93 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. Yeah, there's no way this should have a 93 percent. There's gonna be some people that like it, right? There's gonna be some people that don't like it. Yeah, it's gonna even itself yeah. out. There's no way. I mean, and here's the thing: like, it's very, it's worldwide. It's it's mostly critically acclaimed, like professional critics, if you want to call I, I them that. that. I saw that but, too. But, but but here's the thing: I, I don't care. I, yeah. I don't care. I like it because for so long we've had movies where it's like, okay, here's these people. Here's what happens. Here's what happens to them. The end. It's just yeah. like. I I really dig movies every you know every once in a while when I watch a movie and it's just like batshit insane, <laughs> but it it makes you think of your own interpretations and I welcome that because we we have so there's so many movies that we can watch that you get an ending ending after ending after ending yeah, after true ending enough. and it's just like okay I I like that they were bold and they were like you know let's do this let's do that let's do this I'm gonna name a couple of films that we've reviewed recently that I think we all really like Mandy. That was kind of along those lines. What was what was that other? Uh, I forget the name oh, of that movie. Um, uh, Black Beyond the Black Rainbow. Beyond the Black, Beyond the Black Rainbow. Rainbow. That was another film, but I was okay with that movie. The movie is still like when it's over, you're like, "What the hell did I just watch?" But yeah. yes, but it was still everything taken in the visuals, the music, yes. the look of everything. Like it's it, enough. It it's all, enough. Yeah, it all feels like, and all of these films, I kind of lump them together. They're all A twenty four films too, but they, all, they I love uh, the one, uh, the vampire movie that we just watched. Um, oh, Bliss, oh, Bliss. Bliss. That, oh, that one was okay. But I'm just saying, like, they all fit into the same type of mode. Yeah. But there's there's certain things about them that I'm like, okay, I like them. This one didn't get that. I didn't get that from this mm. film. Yeah, and that's kind of how I felt as well, particularly. Yeah. yeah. But um, but you know what. Like I said, if if you have an opinion on this and you can defend your opinion, then your opinion's relevant. But if you have an opinion on this just because you're like, I think I'm supposed to like this because I want to be artistic, it's like fuck yourself. Yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of posers. I hate I, using that term. I really do. But it's true. It, it, it's makes, totally it makes me feel true. like I'm in high school again. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, there's a lot of people that you know they they can't explain this why. This isn't a movie. It's a I mean, film. it is what it is, but. <laughs> You know, I say like what you like, they, and they do like it, and they just don't know how to explain it. Well, yeah, well, yes, but there's something about it. But they, they also, can't don't be embarrassed if you don't like something, and don't be embarrassed if you do like. Like fucking, I'll admit it right now. I love Gordon Lightfoot music. All right, <laughs> if, if you don't like Gordon, <laughs> you better take care. It's a great song. My <laughs> Every time I watch the news and they're like, oh, there's traffic on the Carefree Highway, I turn to my wife and I go, Carefree Highway. <laughs> <laughs> she gets so pissed off. Uh, uh, that's wonderful. That's pretty good. <laughs> that was a good Gordon Lightfoot. Carefree Highway. Carefree Highway. I don't know what song this is. Uh, <laughs> 
Her name was Anne, and I'll be damned if I recall her face. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, shit. I love Gordon Lightfoot. But but I, there's people out there who are like, fuck Gordon Lightfoot. They're like, oh, God, that's so oh, cheesy. God. You got to like this. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I like a lot of things. Yeah. I like stuff that a lot of people like. I like stuff that a little people like. I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. If you like stuff <laughs> that a lot of people like, then you you're like probably stuff. not listening to this podcast. <laughs> uh, uh, I did want to mention this. Uh, we're fastly approaching. I'm going to call an audible here. We're fastly approaching our hundredth episode. Um, for our hundredth episode, uh, I thought it might be cool if uh, anybody who listens to us, uh, if you're listening to us right now, you want to send us a uh, message or a question. We can take some questions from uh, the audience. We can read some comments or messages on air. So please do contact us um, through our email. We are the swearwolves at gmail.com. That is correct. Um, and then you can tell them the rest of the ways they can contact us. But I just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, send us a note, uh, comment, question, anything. We'll try to read that on our 100th yeah, drop episode. Drop us a line. On all of our social media platforms, uh, we have uh, all of our DMs are always open, so you can always message us. Uh, you can slide right in. Slide right into our DMs like it's a red dress. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Twitter, we're the Swearwolves. Facebook, the Swearwolves. By the way, I quit both of those platforms. I saw Oh, man. I had to. <laughs> Driving you crazy? I got no comment. <laughs> uh, the Slasher app, where the Swearwolves there as well. Uh, we also have the Swearwolves YouTube channel, where we upload content that is completely different from the podcast. So if you ever go to our YouTube channel, you're not going to find any of our episodes, but you will find a bunch of other shit. So check us out <laughs> there. Um, that's all. Instagram. <laughs> oh, yeah, Instagram. <laughs> the, the Swearwolves podcast on Instagram. So... Yeah, hit us up. All right. And uh, for the swirls this week, I'm Brett. I'm David. I'm Alan. And we can build this thing together, <laughs> standing strong forever. Nothing's going to stop Come on, Alan. Us you know now. you want to say I don't remember the next line. If this world runs out of lovers, Alan, we'll still have each other. Oh, okay. Nothing's <laughs> going to stop us. Nothing's going to stop us now. Oh, God. We were now. like... <laughs> We're like the fucking lame partridge family. We gotta get one of those tuners though. <laughs> and a one. And a two. And and one, two, three. From the top. <laughs> now the women. <laughs> and now the men. Alright. Unknown. <laughs>
David was like, I've never heard of these or yeah. or the person, but I motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and if I'm correct, In Fabric was distributed by uh, A24. Yeah, in the US. In, yeah, in the US. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> I'm going to put her up serious. See, you done fucked up. <laughs> you have fucked up now. Whenever you're ready, David. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a real diva today. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm getting out.